Nebraska on Tap, the source for everything educational and informational about groundwater in agriculture. If you are an ag producer or a citizen of Nebraska, this show is made for you by the Middle Republican Natural Resource District. Now it's time for our weekly show, hosted by Heather Disming. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Nebraska on Tap. It is truly a pleasure to have you back here again. Hopefully you've enjoyed a bunch of our other episodes. Today, this episode is going to be on financial planning. We're going to touch a little bit on it. We don't have a lot of time to spend with Brandon Dirk Schneider. If you want to reach out and contact him, you can definitely do that. He is a managing principal and president with Insurance Design Management out of Omaha, He's a certified financial planner, a certified farm succession coordinator, and he is highly intelligent. So I was super excited to get him on the phone. He has done three transition planning webinars with the University of Nebraska Lincoln. You can find those at cap.unl.edu, um, or you can Google his name and you'll be able to find him there as well. With Brandon coming in to interview, I really wanted him to talk a little bit about power of attorneys. So power of attorney is very crucial, especially when it comes to dealing with things here at the NRD. Um, the FSA 211 form is what we require when it comes to power of attorney when that time comes. You know, none of us are ever ready for the power of attorney talk, but you need to be ready because it's, you know, it can happen anytime. Brandon also gets into a little bit of the power attorney when it comes to like health decisions and so on and so forth. Um, if you're on our YouTube channel, I will be playing a little bit of a video on some of the bills and regulations that specify a power of attorney and then also that FSA form that you can print out and take down to the FSA office. Um, it does need a notary, so you'll need to know a notary to be able to complete that form entirely. But let's get into that interview that I had with Brandon here a couple weeks ago. And hopefully you guys find something great in this interview that you can take back with you. Well, good morning. My name is Brandon Dirk Schneider. Uh, I am a certified financial planner and a farm succession coordinator out of Elkhorn, Nebraska. Uh, and born and raised in a small rural community of Snyder, Nebraska, where most of my family's at, and my family's farm operation is still located up outside of West Point, Nebraska. Then working in this industry of business continuity, succession planning, and working with family farms and ranches over the last 15 years now. And um, primarily focus in on most of Nebraska and the western third of Iowa, helping and working with farm families. Awesome. And we are so excited to have Brandon here today. We are going to talk a little bit about some soft transition planning for farmers. I brought Brandon on to talk to us a little bit about power of attorneys, mainly an FSA 211 form. And so, Brandon, you kind of want to talk on that a little bit? Yeah, so uh, the power of attorney form is very important when it comes to your overall operation, especially when it comes to, you know, naming and identifying individuals who are authorized to be able to make those decisions for your operation in the event that you're ever incapacitated 
um, and, uh, whether it's because of disability, sickness, injury, or maybe you're just simply out of the country on, on, a, on a vacation or out of the country on business. That power of attorney form, there's really two variations when it comes to that. You have your financial power of attorney, which you're naming an individual who is authorized to make those types of financial decisions for that farm or ranch operation for you. You know, whether that's marketing grain, um, working with the FSA office, you know, whether that's, you know, even transaction daily business with your bank or financial organization itself. And then you're also going to have your healthcare power of attorney, which is going to name an individual who can make your healthcare decisions for you in the event that you can't. Uh, the unfortunate part about a lot of this process is uh, people who that do not have those power of attorney forms in the event when they need them uh, is they have to go through the court appointed process to be appointed as your power of attorney. And that takes time and you may miss deadlines, you may miss opportunities to transact business and it can have a negative effect on the operation. So the power of attorney forms is that, just that. Who do you want to make that's going to be authorized to make those decisions, whether it's financial or healthcare, in the event that you are unable to do so? Yeah, and you bring up a great point when it comes to the health one because you never know when something might happen, you know, you might have a crazy cow that gets out and pins you up against something, you know, and you get hurt or you're out in the track, you know, something like that too. So it's great to always have um, those on hands. You bring up a really great point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the aspect, you know, a lot of our farm families, once unfortunately they spend all day working in their business, mm-hmm. they don't take time to work on their business. And, you know, working on your business is more than just maybe that power of attorney for to uh, naming those certain individuals. It's really, you know, what is our, what are our estate planning documents and how do those estate planning documents really affect the long-term viability of our farmer ranch operation? You know, are we setting up that future, that next generation up for success or are we setting up a huge liability for that next generation, which doesn't allow them to continue to grow or stay as strong as maybe we would envision it. Um, and that's, you know, that's the, that's the unfortunate part. It's just, it, it just takes that proactive planning and looking now, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years and really what do we want this to look like and who are really going to be that next generation of leaders for that farm ranch organization. Right. And, it, you know, you really do need to step aside for just, you know, 15 minutes of your day to contemplate and think about that. Because if you don't plan, your next generation has to, you know, double up like what you were saying to go through the court process. And it takes longer. You do miss deadlines. Like I know FFSA, you have to get your certified acres, you know, in at a certain time. And if you don't have power of attorney to get those papers out, the crop insurance and, <laughs> and then it's just a down spiral past that. Yeah. And that's just, right i mean those, those those deadlines are there and you know if you if you don't have those power, those power of attorney forms and you're waiting on you know your local county attorney to be to be able to provide that appointment and you miss those i mean what kind of detriment is that going to have on the operation especially like you said when it comes to crop insurance or different subsidy deadlines that are out there so yeah no 100 percent. and thank you for bringing that up again and then when it comes to the estate planning, how would you help somebody, you're in your 60s, for instance, you're in your 60s and your parent is in their late 80s and you both are still kind of doing something with the farm and something happens and now your 
you know, parent has to go into assisted living and you have to do the farm. So first, yes, we need these power of attorney forms. And then what are some of your best practices to take that you would generally advise? Well, some of the best practices is to, to, to begin with is making sure that you understand, can the operation cash flow that future, you know, whether it's a nursing home expense, home, home health care, assist living expense, can the operation cash flow or does the patriarch matriarch of that farm, family farm operation have enough, enough assets in place to be able to afford those future healthcare related expenses? because a lot of individuals don't realize what the Medicaid rules are, um, especially for the, on the, you know, within the state of Nebraska, mm -hmm. that you liquidate a lot of your assets before you're Medicaid eligible. And a lot of people will think, well, I can just give them away. Well, you can't give assets away because any assets you give away within 60 months or five years from the date in which you apply for Medicaid, can be um, confiscated and make, make you liquidate them to pay for your, you know, that senior generation's care. So it's always a great exercise to make sure, okay, can the operation fast load or do we have enough assets or do we need to purchase long-term care insurance or do mom and dad have long-term care insurance and what's that going to cover? So we aren't forced into selling ground or other assets to pay for their care. So just doing that simple step of really looking out what can we afford to cash flow, what's at risk, or what have we, uh, what other assets can we use to pay that expense, whether it's, you know, IRA assets, savings, cash, or long-term care insurance, what other assets are out there to be able to pay that expense. And that's a, that's a very important exercise, especially for a lot of our small to medium-sized farmer ranch operators, because, mm -hmm. you know, uh, unfortunately, we all know most of our farm families are asset-rich and cash-poor, and unfortunately, it takes a lot of cash to be able to afford those nursing home expenses these days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had listened to your webinar that you'd done with UNL, and you brought up a good point, like 99% of these farms are family owned and 29, only 29% of farms have transition plans in place. And, but 62% of the U S farm operators are over the age of 55. So it's definitely kind of time to get on track, right? Yeah. And that demographic, unfortunately that demographic is, 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 is there. I mean, our, our family, the average age of our family farmer and ranchers are only getting older. And, you know, if you decide that you want to transfer some of that risk, maybe to an insurance company, you need to start looking at that sooner than later, because, um, realistically, the premiums on a long-term care insurance contract can get unaffordable, um, or even very difficult to qualify to even get the, uh, coverage if you want to transfer that risk to an insurance carrier. So I always say it's always better to look at that sooner than later. And everybody always asks me, well, what's a good age? Well, realistically, a good age is, you know, when you're approaching 55 to 60, it's worth taking a look at and exploring what's all out there to help mitigate some of those risks. Yeah. And that, you know, is really a great point, especially if you do want to pass on the farm and, you know, if your kids and their kids and everybody else, you know, that you've had in your family is super excited about farming, you know, to really make sure that they're set up for success. 
Yeah, and it doesn't eliminate that maybe you start making gifts of certain assets to that next generation sooner. You know, if mom and dad are financially independent and they're trying to transfer some of that equity or down to the next generation um, so that they can continue to grow it, maybe for that for their grandchildren's or great-grandchildren's generations, uh, it doesn't hurt to do that because once you're past that five-year window or, or 60 months, um, you know, that asset is protected. So the nursing home can't come after that asset. So we always try to say, okay, you're not only you're doing those cash flow models to see if the farmer ranch can afford, you know, those future healthcare related expenses. If mom and dad are financially independent, does it make sense to start gifting assets down to that next generation? And how, what's the best way to approach that to, you know, treat the kids fairly, but also compensate that on farm child for the sweat equity for all the years of service they have into the operation. Yeah, not only that, dad should probably talk himself out of chasing cows so long in his life. <laughs> you're like, uh, you're driving this pasture a lot more than you're walking it now, sir. You better think about some things. Hey, <laughs> uh, retirement not in my not in my vocabulary, and I will die with my boots on. I know, right? They sure do. And then they talk about buying some wagyu beef, and then you're like, oh no, you need to knock it off. Uh, calm down <laughs> you know, you know, many stories, you know. <laughs> all right well thank you so much for your time today brandon man you've just been a wealth of knowledge and i really um hope everybody found this super great and i appreciate the time today and i look forward to talking to you again soon all right brandon thank you Alright, once again, I'd like to thank Brandon Dirk Schneider for his time today. Um, hopefully everyone found that interview very informative. And just know that there are some different types of things when it comes to successionary planning. Um, just will your farm business and land remain together? Describe your plans for the farm business. Create a detailed list of business assets, including equipment, machinery, livestock, feed, etc. Does the farm have any debts or other obligations like um, Brandon was talking about? And who will be responsible for those? When do you intend for the transfer to take place? Do you have a specific date in mind? Um, are you open to phased retirement or do you want to be, you know, completely hand off? And then what will happen in case of an unexpected life-altering event. A timeline will support your heirs as they juggle existing responsibilities. You know, what's the status of your property deed, outstanding mortgages, business finances. Um, and then if you have a financial advisor or a tax attorney who can assist you with these needs. And then also if you have an attorney or other legal professional that can draw up contracts, wills, and other documents for you. So, um, and then also one last thing is, does an appraisal of farmland need to be completed? You know, these are just some great things to keep in mind. So again, if you would like to always know when we have a new episode out, please like and subscribe to our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube channel. And again, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, our Facebook page, Middle Republican NRD. We will talk to you all later. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.